Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 239 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we got a fun one this week. The whole crew is out at GP Vegas, so we are all together in our hotel room, gathered around with a... <laughs> With a pretty tired looking cramp, we just woke, we woke cramp up, literally cramp was sleeping, we went back to the store like, we got a podcast, there's exciting news, so yes, uh, me, Krim, how you doing today, Richard, how are you? Uh, I'm awake, <laughs> I am very much so awake. <laughs> I, I'm awake, I woke up at 7.20, like, Hogak is banned, typed it all out, ready to hit send, so sleepy, and then I refreshed, and I'm like, I did a double take, I'm like, why is this Watsy list, like, eight cards, <laughs> And I'm like, whoa. Then I had to spend another five minutes updating my, uh, my, my text. But big news, lots of cards. Lots of cards. Yeah, a pretty shocking uh, BNR announcement this morning. I think, uh, yeah, that's one of our big topics. Everyone was expecting Hogak to be banned, but we got way more than just the GAC uh, changing in modern and changes in standard and even vintage, which we don't know that much about those, but we'll mention them. So uh, today's cast, live from GP Vegas, we will be uh, talking about the BNR announcement. We will also be talking about our GP Vegas experience. This is Monday, our last day in Vegas, so we're going to talk a bit about that and I think that's basically the whole cast for today. So uh, let's start with the exciting stuff. Me and our announcement, we have nine changes altogether. Half of those are vintage, but uh, Richard, why don't you tell us what happened in uh, in modern and specific, but also standard? Well, the reason why we're here <laughs> is Rampaging Ferocidon is unbanned in standard. Finally. Finally. Do you, why did it go? Well, well, it was like a... It was collateral damage to something. Uh, Monarch was just too good, I think. I don't think it was... I think it was banned by itself. It was banned I'm by pretty itself? Sure. Yeah. Oh, well, well, for the next month, you can play with Rampaging Ferocidon. Tech that in against Scapeshift. So, I'm fine with Rampaging Ferocidon being unbanned. I don't think that it's actually too good, but why now? We're, like, literally four weeks from rotation. Is there any point in unbanning a card when it's just going to leave the format in four weeks anyway. Make the last month spicy. Yeah. No one is playing standard. <laughs> by, by making mono red good. Yeah. That, that yeah. Extreme I, spice and fun. I mean, <laughs> maybe not just mono red, but like anything with red, you can now play that to hate out scapeshift or I mean, try to hate out scapeshift. Of course, They'll probably be able to deal with it, but... Also probably good against, like, vampires. They have some life gain going on with yeah. the Sorens and stuff, so it might help in that matchup a little bit. Although, yeah. yeah I yeah. guess Soren can kill it, but... Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely feel like... I mean, yeah, you could definitely bring it against vampires. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest thing is the players can't gain life part. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be bigger there, so... So do you think... Uh, for the next month is just back to where we were before, where Mono Red, like, four Frostadon main deck, or are we starting off with sideboards? We don't have much time to figure it out with rotation, so... Or does no one bother buying Frostadons, <laughs> because like, we got a month left. I'm not spending any more money. I mean, I think it's, and the like, meta remains 50 cents or something, but... Yeah. It's, it's already or up just to, like, $2 on wild eBay. Card. Is it really? It's, it's like a buck fifty. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, that's six bucks. That's like a booster. <laughs> yeah, I, I I could still see it getting maybe a little bit of play in the last month, maybe in like something like Jun Dinosaurs too. It's another it's another cheap dino. Wild card wise, I think this will probably see play in historic. At least, like I don't think it'll see play five years from now in historic, but for like immediate historic, yeah, I think this will be a fairly important card in historic too. So maybe that helps a little bit with the wild card price. Yeah. Uh, so last standard question, then we'll get to the fun stuff. How good is Mono Red going to be for the next four weeks? Like, is this a game changer? Is Mono Red, like, suddenly, boom, back up to Tier 1? Or is it just like, yeah, whatever? It's almost like M20 gave Red Deck a hate card <laughs> with the way this is, the timing of this. So Yeah? Because, like, you know, all the colors, like, all the decks got a sweet new hate card to, like, uh, fight some other matchup. Well, now Mono Red has another one. Is this better than Tibble? Maybe. Because this, I, I would say so, because this one is a 3 3 body and also pings every time a creature enters. And Menace. Yep. Okay. And I, I always menace. actually, I, I just <laughs> forgot about the Menace right now. It's been a minute since I played against it. Yeah, it's been a long time. This has been banned for a while now. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Ferocidon, Richard? You don't care? Uh, as someone who doesn't play standard, this does not change my opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do not want to rush out and play standard at the moment. <laughs> when you do, though, you, didn't you play Mono Red? Yeah, we didn't. I don't think we ever had Ferocidon when I was playing. You know, we were lighting up the stage. Ferocidon was already banned. So I mean, this was like Hazret days, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It does work well with Light of the Stage. You can like get the ping from yeah. the coming into play or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's standard. But and while that was surprising to me to see it unbanned just purely because of a month ago before rotation, like that part, I was like, eh, that's a, that's a little weird timing since it's leaving anyway. Uh, what really made my jaw drop was the modern part of our BNR announcement. That that uh, I'm still this just happened very recently, a half hour ago. We're still soaking it, so Richard. Wait, 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 wait. Since we're not going to talk about vintage because we know nothing about vintage, okay. let's get that out of the way. Okay, let's jump to vintage for first. vintage players. You probably are more excited than modern players because Karn, the great creator, is restricted. Mystic Forge restricted. The pizza oven. Mental Misstep, Restricted, Grave Troll, Restricted, Fast Bond, Unrestricted. So I do know, I play Vintage a very little bit, but I'm definitely not uh, super enfranchised in the community, but the Vintage players I do know, definitely a lot of uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth over Karn and Mystic Forge. Apparently it was just like breaking the format, so from what I've seen, the reaction to that is good. Grave Troll hits under edge. Whatever. Mental misstep. I have no idea. Fast bond probably doesn't do anything. There are combos for it, but I assume they're not like vintage level good combos. So uh, it seems like the overall reaction from the community uh, of vintage players has been very positive about these changes. So Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I believe you. I mean, in a format <laughs> where you play null rods, I believe a Karn <laughs> is uh, very good. I, I will I will take that leap. It's also worth mentioning, real quick on vintage, uh, in the article announcing these mannings, Wizards specifically said like, we're listening to the community. We're having another BNR before Eternal Weekend, and we are willing to make more changes to the format. So let us know like where you want the format to be at. So if you're a vintage player and you're getting ready for Eternal Weekend and you think more changes are needed, make sure to uh, to get them to Wizards because they are looking for that feedback. All right, now now for the juicy part, the moment we've been waiting for: Hogak banned in Modern. Everyone expected that one. <laughs> Faithless looting banned in Modern. Stoneforge Mystic, unbanned. It's like Watsy Red, Reddit threads. <laughs> They're like, which one, guys? I after what they last said about Faithless Looting, I didn't think that was gonna go. And that that's probably the thing I'm most excited about from this announcement. Faithless Looting is gone. Hogak, if that if they humored us and just didn't ban Hogak, I'd be like, alright, sure, whatever. <laughs> I guess. But but Faithless Looting gone, I am absurdly happy about that. I mean I don't know. Does that cripple too many decks? Looting is... Man, that is... I don't know what to make of the looting banning. I've been, like, on the fence about looting for a long time. It does hit on a ton of decks. Some of those decks are decks that I am glad are, like, getting less powerful. But then there's other ones that I'm like, eh, like, I kind of like Mardu Pyromancer, some of the fair decks that it supports. So I don't know what to make of this. Like, I think it's a good thing overall. It's definitely exciting, and it's going to make the format feel fresh. One of the things they pointed out in the article is for, like, I think the last year, basically all the best decks of the format have been looting decks, like one after another after another, just cycling through the format. So it's going to shake things up for sure. I, like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, well, how did, how did, okay, th- maybe this is now just, like, asking for a little too much, but... I'm still surprised Ancient Stirrings didn't get yes. hit by this. So I'm looting, so surprised. If looting gets the hit, Tron players have bribed. There, there's like yep. there's like a there's like a lobby group or something for Tron. <laughs> like they, they have somehow gotten unscathed. If I I would have thought Hogak ban. Okay, I could see that they do looting, but not the Hogak. But then they were like, "Look, we tried this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like forget this because you know you could just stitch your Spire Seder Wayfinder and then." turn two Gak anyway. Like, you know, there are ways to do this, right? So they're like, okay, we'll hit the looting, but turn three Karn is fine, guys. <laughs> it's okay, no problem. <sighs> and then, you know, so people are suspicious, we'll just unban Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> like, I, I think Stirrings would be up there, and what that means is for the next two years, every BNR will talk about Stirrings. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I am a little worried, like, speaking of Stirrings, like, if you look at where the format is right now, like Hogak, gonna be gone. It's dead. Uh, all the Phoenix decks, which before Hogak were the number one decks in the format, I think they're like more or less dead without Faithless and Aries League, at least very much worse. Uh, so I think that maybe Tron is like the last deck standing. If you had to ask me, like, 
next week when you play the first big modern tournament after these bands, what deck is going to be best? I think I might go with Tron. Maybe there's an argument for some other things, Jund or whatever, but I I think Tron would be my number one choice. I would definitely say, like, I, I, I agree with that. Tron's going to be up there. I mean... <laughs> Like, what are we what are we gonna do to like really stop it? It's pretty consistent. Uh, turn three Tron is not absurd as it sounds, even naturally. Uh, like, yeah, like, especially with London Mulligans. Like, exactly, even more consistent. Yeah, it's just it it already can get there and, uh, like easily and like having them having ancient strings to like like you know fill up their hand with either a another Tron piece or a, a bomb of of their choice. I, I think it's gonna be pretty nasty. But what does this mean now? Like back to like looting. What does that mean when it comes to Phoenix? Like, because th- like Phoenix was, I thought I didn't think actually Faithless Looting was getting banned, so I was like, all right, well, Hogak's gone, so I guess Phoenix is the next best deck, right? Like, how do you pitch the Phoenixes you draw? Desperate I, Ravings is that? That's oh, the most terrible so thing I've heard, Grim. Or not Desperate <laughs> Ravings, cathartic, uh, cathartic Reunion. Okay, I'm like <laughs> also a red draw spell. <laughs> It's good, but it definitely is way worse than Faithless Looting, I think. It's so much and slower. It and it definitely in, slows the deck down at least a full turn. It slows it a full turn, and it's two mana, so it makes it way harder to chain your spells together. Yeah. I think the deck is dead. And it's, like, especially brutal if it gets spell pierced or something, since discarding is part of the cost, so you just, like, three for I mean, it's not. Is it though you're discarding your feet? <laughs> you might probably be fine. But right? then you need spells to, like, get it back. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say that Phoenix best case maybe it can like rebuild and be like one of the million tier three decks that people like can kind of play and maybe more likely that it's just not a deck i mean so yeah like i guess there's like no replacement to keep it alive currently yeah i i mean there's replacements like you said like a third union but nothing really close to looting's power level i don't think I mean, so the deck slows down a turn right so it doesn't have those like like ridiculous turns where they can go like metamorphose and loot loot and throw away like quad phoenix or something silly like that right and i think even like i think it's even worse than that because then even let's assume you get your phoenixes in the graveyard it slows down like your i gotta cast three spells thing like looting is really convenient to be like okay looting cantrip cantrip three cantrips get everything back if you're using like a two mana spell there that slows down the deck further as it goes along the curve too and you can't flash it back so you don't get that like late game reason like hold on to my lands and I'm always getting action because I am flashback my looting yeah. so. looting gives you something to always do right like you you don't usually want to be flashing back looting but you can but reunion's one shot and I, yeah uh, yeah the the flashback is definitely gonna hurt what if they print cathartic reunion with flashback <laughs> that well actually that once again you know what desperate ravings that has flashback RNG right I hope you hit one phoenix <laughs> I'm going to predict now that we get a a red careful study in Throne of Eldraine or very soon. Like a, a looting replacement. No, nah. please no. Nah. It, Without, like a powered with, down, with the, a powered down version. But it's just a non-flashback. Similar. What, if yeah. they, what if they just literally give careful study? That'd be fine. Because, I mean. Yeah. I think Watsy's done with the graveyard. I mean, they've used the birthing pod argument, right? Like maybe we can ban enough pieces around this, but every time we have anything that deals with the graveyard, looting is going to mess it up, right? You know, we see this, right? Delve, Broken, Kogak, I guess it's Delve Convoke, right? Uh, <laughs> all, kind of all of the mistakes are like free mana, and usually these free mana things have to do with the graveyard. So I think Watsi is done with the graveyard. You'll get like a like a one-card careful study or something, right? To, to like maybe... Uh, work really hard to make it work. But I think they're done with the graveyard, and I think it'll be a, a while. Like, in two, three years, they'll come back to it. Like, they're, you know, like, Grave Troll was banned, and then they're like, unbanned. It's been a long unbanned. enough, maybe you have tools to deal with the graveyard now. And they're like, oh, oops. <laughs> right? <laughs> banned it again. Oh, yeah. oops. Right? Like, I think it'll be a while. I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon. So, uh, on the Faithless Looting conversation, we talked a little bit about Phoenixes. We obviously, uh, Hogak is dead. Uh, the next few decks up, as far as looting decks, uh, Dredge and Mardu Pyromancer. So what do you think about Dredge in a non-looting world? Uh, I think that might be one of the graveyard decks that can adapt e- uh, the most easily and continue to be good without Faithless Looting. Because all you care about is getting cards in your graveyard by any means possible. You already see, like, Shriekhorns and, like, really yep. seemingly bad ways to do it. But they're fine in Dredge, because all you care about is just getting stuff in your graveyard. So do you think Dredge can just... Uh, add in something else to replace looting and be fine. 
I, I think that, that it could. I mean, it, like you said, it just needs to get cards in the yard and then it's enablers, if you will, and then just, you know, dredge for the rest of the game, like, and then just try to find loam and stuff like that. So it, I don't think it needs the looting. I think it could still be a deck post looting. I think it'll be really good. Because I, I don't think it needs looting at all. Like, they usually just want that stupid Shriekhorn thing. Yeah. I, I played Dredge for, like, two matches at the Grand Prix. I'm now an expert. Like, I <laughs> yep. played the actual deck, right? So Against it. No, no, I played with it. <laughs> I actually, I used it, right? And here's the thing, right? The minute we see this announcement, I thought, thank God I can free up, like, six sideboard slots, right? And everyone else will do the same thing. And then what happens... Dredge spikes a tournament. Yep. Right? So I believe everyone will go nuts removing their graveyard hate, and then this will happen. Right? Because why do you need graveyard hate now? No Phoenix, no Hogak, like, eh. Right? Like, I'll yeah. just probably put, like, a surgical or something. It'll be fine, right? Like, there's so, always something in the graveyard, though. I, I, I'm just too suspicious. I guess I respect I, I don't think you're going to pack, like, four ley lines anymore, right? Like, you're not going to pack... Crim might, but I think in general. Don't try to catch me slipping because I know there's always something broken with the graveyard. So, so I think Dredge. Well, what was what is Dredge's Tron matchup look like? But I think I think Dredge will be sneaky good because everyone will just forget about it. Yeah, so Dredge in a weird way might actually get better with Faithful Suiting being banned because well, let's not of the go crazy changes. <laughs> Maybe we just go back to four ley lines. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it definitely still plays the game plan of just prize amalgams and two ones from like Bloodgast and whatnot. Yeah. Me, I don't even know if they keep, do they keep Vengevine? Uh, I do. No, pretty sure they will not. Vengevine, well, yeah. It's yeah. mostly a Hogan. Here's the yeah. question. What do a bunch of three threes do against a four four vigilance lifelink <laughs> that comes back? Because Stoneforge is on the table, boys. Maybe <laughs> this just stuffs Dredge because do all you want. I have lifelink. <laughs> They're. <laughs> There is now the chance to play Cobblade. I can actually just rebuild Cobblade from Standard and, and see how it goes. But I don't know. I don't think the four four. Okay, it, it it'll there'll be in like what the the fair grindy matchups. It's going to be a little disgusting if you don't answer the Stoneforge immediately, right? Yeah. Like it will end. It will end the game in in that matchup. But. We have a lot of answers now. We have Assassin's Trophy in the format, so it's not like Jenna's gonna be like, "Oh no, four for That like, you know what I mean? I was telling Seth that's like a three for one. <laughs> if you Assassin's Trophy, yeah, something of theirs. I I actually think it will be impactful, but it won't be like the end of the world. It'll be yeah. like Jace was impactful because I was I was trying to go over what are the best things you could do with this thing. Well, what if you hex drinker on turn one? Okay. Right? And then you get a sword on turn two. Okay. Right? And you equip the sword to your hex drinker such that it blanks whatever removal they have. Right. And then you basically make true name nemesis. Uh, and you win. I have to stop you though, because I think you died. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, remember you are now loading your deck up in modern where you need a bunch of answers or either a bunch of answers or solid threats, but now you've loaded it up with random swords and things that are very You, slow. you play like two swords, three swords. Right? Not swords, but like equipment. So a batter skull and a sword is the minimum. And right. in legacy, you play GTA. You don't have a GTA. So yeah, either so you go two swords or. Double batter skull, I guess. No, no, you don't. A sword. You don't have batter skulls. You <laughs> think, probably fine. So fire, so fire and ice is the go to sword. But the protection right? colors of light and shadow are pretty solid. It is. But so here's, here's in legacy, you go, uh, fire and ice for the cards and right. for the anti Jace. Right. Yep. And in this case, anti Teferi's all of them. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Or you go light and shadow, and then the only thing that can kill your creature is bolt. But if you put it on anything legitimate, the bolt is not going to kill blanked. it. Right. Yeah. But then the light and shadow doesn't really win you the game. Right. It's like gain three and get a creature back. It's not as hard hitting as. Right. Uh, but I was talking to Seth, I think sinew and steel <laughs> is the dark horse here because it snipes an artifact, which would be the opposing batter skull. You have pro black, so you can go through the germ, and it snipes planeswalkers like your Teferi. Yes, right? yes. So actually, I think it's and it, it's pro black, so like all the black removal doesn't hit it, and it's pro red. So I think it actually might have a chance of being played. I think it actually could do something. Does it go like what are you saying, like Abzan mid range? So you have Abzan, right? But so the the thing you want to do is like lingering souls, so that. 
after your Stoneforge dies, you have a bunch of equipment, you equip things. But now we have Plague Engineer. So yeah. I don't know if that's good anymore. Right. The other thing is maybe you go into a Death and Style, a uh, Death and Taxes style deck. You play, uh, Giver Runes. I don't know. Right? You, you Thalia them. Right? And then you Batter Scald them. Something like that. You could try Maverick. You can try, like, ramping up. The interesting thing is people are playing Assassin's Trophy. And if that's what you're using to kill the Stoneforge. Oh, no, no, no. That no, no, lets no. you hard cast the Batter Skull. Right? Like. Oh, no, no, no. I, at that point, I think, do you even target the Stoneforge? Right? Like, if you can't kill it. Like, if your only way to kill a Stoneforge is with an Assassin's Trophy, I just blow up the artifact you get. Yeah, well, what if I get a sword, right? Like, you know, you, you, you have options. <laughs> you, you have options, yeah. right? But now I have another one. You know, like, I don't know, right? Like, so I think those style decks, um, I don't know if Absent will be good, but I'm, I think Lingering Souls <laughs> might be coming back. Like, how many Plague Engineers? Are you really going to main deck Plague Engineers? I don't know. I mean, I know I definitely sideboard a ton of them, but, yeah. uh, like, I, I'm wondering here, like, what deck can that go in? I don't know. Like, I, I, <laughs> is Stoneblade, like, you try to, like, emulate, like, some kind of, like, you know, port over, uh, like, like a, legacy, yeah. Into modern? You're, you're a grindier Jund. Like, that's the idea, right? Like, you play. But what are you things? But the difference now is you have Seasoned Pyromancer, right? Which does an impersonation of Lingering Souls, right? More bodies. Okay, so Mardu mid range? I mean, we already have Mardu Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you could try to do that, but... I mean, the I'm whole still... idea is you have a Batter Skull. <laughs> yeah? That's, like, immortal. But with Assassin's Trophy, Coligan's Command. <laughs> I guess Coligan's Command gets really popular again, though. Yeah. If you can... If Stoneforge takes off. Yeah. Because now... Stoneforge and not, Yeah, exactly. You let them put it into play and you blow both up. Yeah. I feel the most... The most natural home would be, like, a white... Based aggro deck, so like a so death like, and taxes, yeah, like, so like the hate bears, something like that. Yeah. Because all of our mid range decks, like, are are fine. Like we we can go long already with blood braid and things like that. Or you know we have Gorse, which is a four five. It actually just stops a thing, and it's not like legacy where you just get a GTA and you like win, right? Like if you get a batter skull in a fair matchup, you're like okay. <laughs> right, here's a 4-5 Goyf, or a 5-6 Goyf, most likely. Right. It's the GTA that really makes you lose in those matchups, and there is no GTA here. So, fair matchups, like, no one really cares about this. Yeah, I guess I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, vehicles don't count, so you can't grab a Like, against control, the scariest thing you would see is I grab a Fire Nice and I equip it somehow, and then you're down to Path to Exile. Like, your Jaces, your Teferis, all that thing, all those things don't deal with the creature anymore. No, yeah, it doesn't deal with the creature. And, like, it feels bad having to, you know, like, obviously, if I go play it, bounce your sword. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that, that'll feel pretty bad. I think my initial thought was that Stoneforge was just too slow for the format, but combined with the Faithless Looting uh, banning, like, maybe that helps a little bit. I'm still not convinced it's going to be... <laughs> I'm still not convinced it's going to be, like, a staple. I think, like, it, it probably will have a deck, but I'm not expecting it to become, like, one of the most played cards in the it's format. It's a staple in the way that Goyf is a staple, right? In the sense that if you play a green-based mid-range deck, you have a Goyf. So now you can play white-based, but what does white give you? Rest in peace, yeah. <laughs> right? It gives you path to exile. Yeah, right? good sideboard. It gives you silence and stuff. Yeah. lingering souls. Lingering but do you need stony silence? You have collector oof, right? You have, like I don't know. There's yeah. not too much reason to play white nowadays. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, death and taxes is not a super popular deck. I'm curious. Board wipes. Criminus <laughs> <laughs> board wipes. I'm just saying. Fairy's white. To, I mean, like yeah, Teferi has white in it, but board wipes. I mean, I don't. I don't think I'm going to play it. At least not in my immediate list, like of of control. Yeah, like, that's what I wanted to see because a couple of announcements ago, there was a lot of conversation about Stoneforge and Wizard said blue white control is already doing really well, so we don't want to unban it. So that was like there, like in Wizard's mind, they were thinking this is like a card that's going to go into blue white based control decks. Would you be playing Stoneforge in a control deck? I'm not trying. Like, okay. We, we, we had a little uh, discussion about this before, but I'm not trying to load my deck up first off with like four stone forges and then let's just say even like two to three like artifact, I mean yeah. equipments, right? Yeah. That's seven slots in my deck that really, when you're already trying to control the meta that is very wide, that is modern. So I, I it's nice to add a clock. It's nice to be like, well, I'm not going to dirtle around and then, you know, like all of a sudden just destabilize. But that's at the cost of what? Am I taking out more planeswalkers? As I, I like originally, I was winning with a ton of walkers. Now do I take those out and just like win on the back of Jace and like 
a Teferi or something like that. Is, and is Stoneforge better than like Little Teferi and Narset or like all the all the planeswalkers? That are I right I now? don't think yeah, so. It's not right. But you're not playing that game anymore. So what if I did this? Right. What if I played Stoneforge's equipment package? And then Dovin's Vetoes and Spell Pierces, right? And Lingering Souls. Let's splash a little black in there for fun, right? Blue-white tempo. So now, no, what I am is essentially a blue-white mid-range deck, right? I'm not going to control you, right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to slap down the Stoneforge Mystic holding Spell Pierce, right? If I untap, I have Dovin's Veto now, and I'm going to slam a Batter Skull and kill you. And it's a mid-range deck with counter spells, which is the legacy version, right? You're playing a mid-range deck, and you have Force of Wills, basically. That's essentially what you do, right? And you're not looking to end the game with like a Teferi emblem. You're actually trying to like a Jun type deck where you're trying to end the game except you have some counter spells. But does modern have enough counter spells There's... that it matters? Like you have Pact of Negation, uh, Force of Negation, right? So right. you play Stoneforge, they push you, Force of Negation, you drop a Batter Skull and you go to town, right? I don't know. I think Stubborn Denial is another huge one because you have the 4 4 Batter Skull, so it's just like a, a one mana. But, but if you have the Batter Skull, you're probably winning. Do you, do well, you, you still need the Stubborn the, Denial? You gotta, you gotta protect the. I guess if they try to skull. kill the Batter Skull, usually you bounce. At a point, there was that, like, kind of like that Azorius uh, Hate Bears deck, right? Yeah. And it was pretty popular. Maybe that's the way to go with it. I don't think this goes in a control shell. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I it's a mid-range. Yeah, I, I think you could But is that mid-range that. deck better than, like, John? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, they have Renin 6. That's. I mean, yeah, Renin 6 <laughs> is just better. Right? I, I right, will ping right, your right, batter totally. skull. Right? I will ping your batter <laughs> skull for one and go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, oh there, there's an inside discussion between Richard and I. So for those that aren't in the know... <laughs> You'll have to ask Richard about Ren and Six. I, I'm just saying, Jun now needs to put Coligan's commands in their deck, right? If, if, right? if this becomes a thing, what are the cuts to put that in? Because uh, Jun has added a lot of cards over the past while, and now you need to fit in an old classic. Maybe maybe you just go to the, the 64 card tribe. <laughs> you know what wears a sword really well? Strangler Geist. That's a, a great queen creature to get yeah. a sword on. Can you imagine? Can, what do you think about Shringaroot, guys, Richard? <laughs> I spent all weekend teaching Krim about the greatness Te- of Shringaroot, Teaching guys. me. <laughs> teaching me, by the way. And Shringaroot, guys, murdered his deck twice, but he had excuses. I was not. I, okay. All right. I, I didn't had excuses. Have mana. <laughs> but uh, the crux of the, the argument was against control, should Jund outgrind or out aggro? Right? Are you trying to go over the top with Ren and Sixes and Tireless Trackers? Or are you trying to bolt their face and play Strangler Root Geist before they inevitably play four Planeswalkers and drown you in card advantage? Leave your comments. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Slowforge Mystic. So, so we decided the fair mid-range decks are weird. Maybe you play it in a blue-white new archetype, but not really what we think of as control. What about aggro? Could it be like, a more, like, aggressive... What, this like is, Naya? like, the slowest, like, Nyazu. Like, it's yeah. a very... By definition, this was a very slow... I mean, I think we had, like, Boros and Naya decks in the past. Like, back when Stoneforge was in standard. With Stoneforge? Yeah. Like, do I, was a two-mana one-two that takes two more mana the next turn? Like, is this where we want to be? Four. Makes a 4-4. Four, four. does make a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> That's like half of a crashing footfall. You can even put an Argentum. Like, I, I wonder if the 4 4 is just completely irrelevant in the same way Goyf is irrelevant, right? Like, people are playing Death Shadow, people are playing Tarmogoyfs. Like, the 4 4 actually just does nothing. <laughs> and that you really need it against, like, control as a recursive threat. Yeah. But control has too many answers, and then the unfair decks are too fast for this, and then no one plays Stoneforge. Yeah, I think the more likely a, scenario. <laughs> I think that's a possibility, like because it, it isn't very good against unfair decks. Like it's just not fast enough. The life gain isn't relevant, so uh, it doesn't seem relevant against Tron. Sword and Sinew and Steel. <laughs> you use the artifact hate. So this is so we we were looking of like what could you tutor up, right? Because if you could tutor up a sideboard card, like imagine if there was a sword that like. When you hit someone, it destroys a non-basic land. You would slam that into Tron, right? But the only sideboardy thing we could see is Sinew and Steel, which hits an artifact in the slowest manner. Uh, that kills what, like uh, Oblivion Stone, if they don't have Tron and they had to run it out. I guess like a, a they're tapped out. They have a map. <laughs> it kills like Doctor Sword pieces, maybe. Like I, I don't know, like. Okay. Could you use this as a toolbox, something or other? I know you're not going to be able to destroy an ensnaring bridge with it because if they have an ensnaring bridge. You're probably maybe not they'll attacking. just they'll just play it. <laughs> <sighs> Swords are just so clunky. I think in general, like that's 
They're well, the most efficient <laughs> equipment, though. Is is this the best? Is the best case scenario, like you said, just I have counter spells, yeah. and and I've like so like I turn to Stoneforge, yeah. I hold up Spell Pierce or something like that, and then I just drop a sword into play. So then, really, I don't go online till turn four, right? Yeah. So is is that really where I want to be? Like I'm thinking, what is the absolute best scenario? Like I right now, I'm thinking about it. You you play your Stoneforge, it goes unanswered. You have let's just say spell pierce or I don't know something like a bolt. I, who knows? Yeah. And then you put a sword in. Turn four, you pay two more mana to equip. Right. It's five mana. To, it's five to equip. It, five to oh, cast. Three to it, bounce. It, 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 oh, batters. For batters. Oh, what are we talking about? Sword. Sword is three to cast. Two to equip. Yeah. yeah so then it's like. Let's just say it's two to equip or or yeah five to equip your your batter skull. I don't know. I mean like that that seems like it's way too much of like a time sink for you. Like I mean I. I but I, if you pull that off, you win, right? That, isn't that the whole point? Like if essentially, you but there's put a sword on, you shoot their face, you draw a card, like you know, like but the whole point is you're supposed to win when this happens. Right? Aren't so there do you think just you win? Bet- I don't even think you win 100 percent either, right? Like I'm I'm not gonna say that you're like in a very bad yeah. like a bad spot at all but I, it's not like the modern levels of I win right like yeah but as a fair deck like what is a better thing to do so your choices are what I almost, I almost think even a planeswalker feels better like if I untap with a planeswalker like like Teferi for example like like a Teferi <laughs> for example a Lily and any of these planeswalkers feel like it feels way worse to like like if you jam a lily on three, you jam like a, like a, a Teferi. It's like okay, well this is this is pretty backbreaking, right? But if if you if you're spending the next three turns or so trying to put a sword or <laughs> a batter skull onto the board, I'm, yeah, even just like looking at the batter skulls, like even if you have the ideal draw, of like turn two stone forge, turn three batter skull, and leaving something up, like is that even good? Like that's that's the turn when like Tron is playing Karn. <laughs> yeah, that's the turn when Grizzly well, Urza is like just playing Urza and comboing off and going infinite or uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like so many decks are doing such busted things. So, so the things ideal thing you need to be doing, you need to disrupt, right? The whole point is you disrupt and then you kill them. So you have to turn Vatatsis, you have to turn Thalia or something to put them off by a turn or two to stabilize. Yeah, if you do nothing and turn two Stoneforge, because I guarantee you, it, it's like control, right? Like you never just slam. You're like two, three mana planeswalking control and like presume it resolves. It is gonna die like 95% of the time and 5% of the time, like you got them. <laughs> Your Stoneforge will definitely die. It will get pushed. It will get bolted as soon as you cast it, right? It's like what happens after that. So, you know, against Tron, you're gonna have to thought season, right? Like, or you gotta folly of them or. I don't know, lean in Arbiter, <laughs> Ghost Corner them or something. You know, like, you can't just sit around, right? But then, after that's done... So, like, play a normal game, and then in the mid-game or the late game, then you're looking at, like, getting this infinite batter skull. Yeah, the idea is, like, maybe they brought in a dismember, right? And then, you know, for them to stop you, they dismember your creature. Well, now it's a batter skull, so you can keep going and finish the game, right? Or you get a sword to keep drawing more hate cards or something. I don't know. But you have to disrupt them, right? So... A year ago, year and a half ago, Jace got unbanned. Yep. Initially, kind of a freak out a little bit, like, oh my god. I mean, modern ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now Jace sees a little bit of play. It's arguably not even ahead of the Big Teferi sometimes, other Planeswalkers. But it definitely didn't break the format. What are we thinking a year from now for Stoneforge? Like, how impactful is this? Is it going to be... A staple? Is it going to go to the Jace route? And we're looking back in here like, oh, yeah, that I play Spangaroo, guys. This, this is what tells you. It, it warps the fair meta, right? So this will, all the fair decks will have to adjust around this. But mm-hmm. then the unfair decks, like, don't care. They're just like, okay, sure. I'm just going to go over the top of you. So whatever you're doing is not exactly relevant. It's just like my sideboard cards are slightly different. But the fair players are like, oh, okay, now there's this life-linking batter skull thing. And how do I deal with it? Same with Jace, right? Like... If you're a Hogaking, you don't care about Jace. But if you're trying to play Tarmogoyce fairly, yeah, I really care about Jace, and that card is dumb. <laughs> right? Like, so I think it's the same It's the same thing with Stoneforge. Batterskull, I mean, you can really embarrass the burn player in game one. Oh, they just Skullcrack you. <laughs> I mean, Now they're going to have to play a Tarmogoyce and Skullcracks, right? 
can they do that enough? <laughs> they can. Because they, I mean, like, <laughs> there's, they, eight, they, right. there's eight, but the, you got to remember, they got to also have lands and, like, other aggression, right? They used to play, and then something happened, and they don't play skull cracks anymore. I don't know really why. <laughs> there used to be, like, Flames of the Blood Hand with soft play, yeah. too. They yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a ton. of effects at one point. Yeah. But then you load your, I don't know. At least it's two mana deal three damage. It's not, like, terrible. So I guess the question is, how fair is the meta going to end up after all this? Like, getting rid of uh, Hogak is going to make it fair to summon. Like, that's uh, level zero is getting much fairer, because that's gone. Faithless Looting, I guess, probably makes it fair to some extent. Is it enough for Stoneforge to be, like, a legit top-tier card? It might be. I expect that for the immediate future, we're probably going to see a ton of Stoneforge, because people are going to be, like, hyped and wanting to try it out. We kind of saw that with Jace, too. There's a ton of, oh, like, yeah. four Jaces, four Jaces, and sometimes, like, eh, three Jaces. Like, maybe we go two Jaces. Blue Moon came back. All yeah. these decks came back. So I expect we're going to see, like, this flood of Stoneforge decks over the next, like, couple months. And yeah. then after that, we'll see how it actually, like, shakes out. Are you worried that we'll never get another good equipment? Or do we already just never get good equipment? <laughs> sort of sinew and steel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it'll be as good as Tarmogoyf. Like, I, I think if you play, like, a Thought Season and Liliana, you slot in some reasonable two-drop, like Stoneforge Mystic, you always have a deck. Now, is that going to be the best deck? And does anyone want to play it? But you will win some percentage of Magic games, and it will look legitimate, right? So I think Stoneforge is a real deck. Now, is it the best deck? I, I doubt it. But it, it will be a deck, and you will see people play it. Just like people were playing Tarmogoyf when they were Hogax. <laughs> right? You're like, it's terrible, right? But you can still win, right? It's fine. I'm definitely going to try Esper Cobblade. Like, for... Like, this, just straight the standard up. deck. Yeah, like, actually just the standard deck with a few minor updates. So, with the actual Squadron Hawk. Yeah, with Squadron Hawk. I want to try it just for fun. I mean... Squadron Hawk is sweet with Jace. I mean, yeah. Like, it, it could be fun, right? I mean, it does kind of what you said. I mean, it plays, like, because at that time it was Inquisition and Mirror and Crusaders. Obviously, I'm dropping Mirror and Crusader. But, uh, like, I Death will and try. Taxes plays Mirror and Crusader. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, Esper and Taxes. I guess I could make it into that, but try Squad Hawks again. Uh, what, okay, so you're, you're trying, you're going to try Cobblade. Yeah. Seth, what, what are you going to try? Oh, I really want to try the Hammer Time deck again that I've been playing. Like, having Stoneforge to tutor it up seems really powerful, so that's definitely on my short list. I also want to experiment with Pure Steel Paladin. I think maybe maybe that could be a, a way to make it work. More of a, kind of like the mono-white taxes thing we were talking about, but with Pure Steels and SRAMs to go on the, on the artifact plan. The non-combo, like, SRAM and Pure Steel plan. So I think those are the first uh, first two that jumped to mind for me. More on the janky end, I don't think you're going to like win a GP with them, but I'm excited to try them out. I'm going to try Abzan. <laughs> no, Abzan, okay? And I'm looking to build True Name Nemesis. It's going to have Hex Drinkers. Uh, it's, the four drop will be Gideon. And we have Lingering Souls. And maybe we'll play Grim Players. But I, 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 I really like Hex Drinker. Uh, and if I can get a sword on a hex drinker, it's probably over. And then you just have enough tokens to poop out that you know you'll run them out of removal. You'll grind them out <laughs> eventually, right? And see if Plague Engineer is actually good against this or not. Is there anything else we're missing with Stoneforge, like outside of uh, swords and batters? So we skull? talked about aggro decks. We talked about mid range decks. We talked about control control decks that become mid range decks. Yeah. <laughs> We is there a combo deck that wants that? I don't yeah, I mean that's what that's hammer time, right? Yeah, like pure steel. Those are combo decks. Those are combo, combo, combo S decks. But it's not like uh, I guess they're creature based combo. I mean, it's still combo e. Yeah. What if what if you're um, let's say like a collected company deck or you know a, like one of those creature based combo decks, and this is your sideboard package, like the Vizier combo. Yeah. But, like, does this help you? Because you just have removal anyway, right? <laughs> but, you know, like, a surprise, here comes the thing. Yeah, backup plan. Or would you ever use this, this by too many sideboard slots, right? But, like, as the transformational sideboard in control, right? It's too many sideboard slots. I, I was thinking Slayer. about that. I was thinking about that. But, like, Baneslayer and Lyra, like, that's just two cards. This one, I'd have to go, what, like, four Stoneforge and, like, even two equipments? That feels kind of sketch. That's so many. That's almost half your sideboard. That's that, tough in mind. Yeah. That is I don't tough. know if I can dedicate that much to that kind of plan. <laughs> I think Sinew and Steel, though. <laughs> I, I think it actually might be good. I think, like, if 
batter skull and stone forge are good like that like yeah, yeah. the next level like if we see a ton of it then yeah well that that's good a, like, the next like level is uh manriki gusari which destroys equipment that's Swords. a legacy staple there's also the land that knocks off equipment is that modern legal it is not tower the okay. magistrate so, so you have manriki gusari in case stone forge is out of control <laughs> You always have that. Sort of sinew and steel just seems better than that to me. And Riku Gusari, like, I mean, it's fine, but I think I would just play this. Well, the more. secret of Gusari is you can cast equip reasonably and, like, get your opponent, whereas with the sword, it's expensive. <laughs> and I mean, I think there's just, like, we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of an- uh, natural answers now, with, like, yeah. the Hooligans Commands and Assassin's Trophies, so I think. It's if, probably less scary than it was. Yeah. Like well, there's, there's ago, no GTA also, ago. right? So right. when I think when I think Stoneforge, I think Legacy, right? And like even then, Stoneforge wasn't that good. It was like okay, right? But the real breaker is like GTA. And if you haven't played GTA, imagine if you had like six red and six activations <laughs> <laughs> at like instant speed at any time if you like went into combat, right? Because a sword needs to hit the player. Right, so unless you have evasion, unless you have trample, your sword could be chumped. Whereas GTA was just like, did you enter combat? <laughs> yeah. And then like crazy yeah. things happened. And that's what put Stoneforge over the top. We don't have that in modern. So you will need the flyer. You do need the trample to hit with the sword to get your advantage, which is a lot harder, right? Because you need your creature to live. You need to be able to equip. You need to, be able to go through combat. Right? That's like a pretty slow thing. And then if your reward is draw a card and like you don't have a follow-up, like it's draw not, a card you know, shock. <laughs> you need a strong follow-up. So it's possible that it's just underpowered, right? That this is not enough and we need a GTA to actually make it fearsome. Uh I, I think well yeah, like we had mentioned though, if this does take off though, Coligan's command is truly just gonna be yeah. The, like, just absurdly good. So, last Stoneforge question before we talk about uh, GP Vegas. Right now, we're at $38 in paper and, uh, oh, well, 15, 15 ticks, man. I look, ugh, I looked at it this morning on Magic Online, it was like $4, and now it's uh, 15 Oh, yeah. Could have made so much money if I just, like, got a moto then and bought some Stoneforges, but <laughs> anyway, uh, $38 in paper. Next week when we podcast, what is the price of Stoneforge Mystic in paper? I think it goes up temporarily. I like. I mean, Bitter Blossom was also, Bitter Blossom was like hundred. It was a hundred bucks. Jay started like asking for what two hundred, yeah. right? Oh, it was absurd. Yeah. yeah, like I remember it was just some ridiculous price. Yeah, and and whatnot. And then you know it kind of lowered itself down. And like I would say after a month and a half to two, like th- there's gonna be a huge spike right now. But after it kind of like leveled out, I think it'll sit around. What it's at now, probably. Like, Bitter Blossom's, like, around the same thing. Do you think people will invest this this much? Huh? So, a a Sword of Fire Nice is apparently a $70 card nowadays. A Batter Skull is 20 Like, you can't just buy... It's, like, an entire deck you're buying, right? It's not like you can just slot this thing in. You gotta slot in, like Krim said, like, seven, eight, nine cards or whatever. It's it's a hefty investment. It's modern, though. I don't know. Like, I think modern players, like, are... They expect to have to make that investment for their decks, so... Yeah. And then you gotta get the white land. You only need one sword, luckily. Fire and Ice, that is. Yeah. Fire and or Ice you can get them gold. with the double Fire and Ice. I never saw that in Legacy, by the way. Two Fire and Ice. Yeah, yeah. Never, like, it's like, theoretically, you could do that, right? Because people yeah. kill your sword, and if yeah. the sword is so good. But I've, I've never actually saw people play the two of the same sword. Or just, like, one of each sword. So it's usually one of, of each. The perfect one. Like Krim said, you don't... Like, four stone forges and usually three equipment, right? That's seven slots. Like, you don't have all these slots to put seven in. Seven slots is, like, 20% of your deck. You're playing, like, 30-something like yeah. cards, Nine right? land cards. And yeah. do you know how bad it feels to have the Batter Skull in hand as you cast Stoneforge? <laughs> right? It feels really bad, but you can get them, right? You're like, I get the sword. I'm like, oh, they're getting a sword. I have time. Then you drop the Batter Skull because you had it in your hand, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the worst. You draw it, like, on turn two. Like, the turn you're about to cast your Stoneforge, you drop that game. Like, uh... Oh, and then you need to remember how to play Stoneforge. What was it? You had to hold priority doing something so you don't get got, but I forgot what it was. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't remember either. With the trigger on the stack or something, I gotta remember. But there, there are certain things you had to do with Stoneforge Mystic to avoid interaction, which we should look up and tell everyone. Some yeah, some weird tricks. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some tricks you need to do with Stoneforge and Batter Skulls. I think it has to do with bouncing the Batter Skull. I'm yeah, trying to think like you can activate 
activate stone forge to put the put equipment into play trigger on the stack maintain priority yeah pick up the batter skull and have it resolve yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, to yeah, get yeah. around yeah interaction anyway uh any other bnr announcement thoughts so ferocidon unbanned and standard temporarily well unbanned permanently but only loose for a short while because yeah. uh <laughs> rotation is coming modern hogak faithful suiting stone forge bunch of seven vintage any other thoughts before we talk a bit about gp vegas why didn't they do this before GP Vegas? Yep. Think of what could have been instead of five Hogaks in the top eight. <laughs> Hogak winning, unsurprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like I still will defend Wizard's decision too. Even though it did take a lot of the hype away of the main event of GP Vegas, I really think that staying on the schedule is like pretty important. And I think I think I just don't want it to become even more ban crazy. And I feel like once we leave the schedule and people think, oh, if I yell out enough, Wizards will ban a card tomorrow for me. Like, or like something wins a tournament and everyone's like, ah, ban that card. And we realize, like, I don't know, like when Lantern won the Pro Tour. And then Lantern, what happened to that? We haven't seen that in forever. Humans at a point had people asking for a ban. Really? So I think, like, sticking to the schedule does have value. Although it was sad that Vegas, like, the hype level for Modern was, like, close to non-existent. And I guess that's a, maybe a good segue into part two of our podcast. GP Vegas. <laughs> We're still in Vegas. Uh, this is Monday, our last day before uh, heading home. So what do you guys think? How uh, How is Vegas this year? Insane. Insane. Uh, as soon as we finish this, I'm just going to collapse. <laughs> I've been yep. uh, up with adrenaline. We've been sleeping like four or five hours a night. We've been eating like half a meal, one meal a day, and that meal is McDonald's, so it's not like we're getting any nourishment out of this. <laughs> I, I definitely, at a point, as <laughs> you two know, have gone a few days not realizing I was hungry until like the end of the day, around like 10, 11 p.m., and then I have my, fr- like, I taste like a cracker or something like that, and I'm like, whoa, I should have eaten at some point today. I don't know. You get so, we, we were so busy just this yeah. whole weekend, like doing tons of things. And because uh, of that, just forgot to eat. <laughs> yeah. Did hydrate, though. Yeah. All Hyd- you have to out here. Yeah. So hardcore hydrated. So. Uh, so, yeah. What was uh, what was some memorable stuff that you got to do this weekend? Like, obviously, we spent most of the weekend hanging out at the convention center, meeting people. It was so cool to meet so many people, signing cards. That was awesome and super fun. But uh, what actually, anything stick out as being like particularly sweet or memorable? The command zone. I think the idea behind it uh, was pretty fun. Uh, it was great. Like, I mean, just having a nice spot, like it shows uh, you're acknowledging the, the, like there was a huge crowd, right, of EDH players that are just like, well, I didn't really have a reason to go to too many Magic Fests, right? I mean, like, I like sitting at home, just playing EDH or whatever, and, and like, there's no... I'm not trying to go out to play the main event, and there's no real EDH side events that I want to go to, but now there's, like, a command zone, a dedicated area for it, uh, you get, like, ticks for, like, beating, you know, like, other con... like, you know, like, a potential con... like, just other personalities in Magic, all this other stuff. Yeah. I thought it was just a fun place to be, um, no matter what you were there for, as long as you enjoyed Commander in some way, shape, or form. So, so many Commander players. It, yeah. This Vegas... So Magic Fest Vegas is completely different from uh, other Magic Fest. It's like a lot bigger. Like people... A lot of people use it as their like one of the year trips, like we do. So it's just bigger. But comparing it to last year's, I felt it was totally different. Last year's felt like a GP in the sense that you just go and your your goal is to spike the tournament. If you scrub out, you play side events. This year, thousands of Commander players. They came with the intent of only playing Commander, nothing but Commander. And a lot of them were not, a lot of them were not like salty modern players, <laughs> right? It's like, do you play any other formats? Like, no, period, right? Not yeah. because of Hogak, but just no, I only play Commander and I brought Commander decks, right? And the shift you can see is quite dramatic. And I, I think this is going to tell us a lot about what's coming up with Watsy products and things like that. It's clear that Commander is more popular, uh, like the most popular format that Magic has. Like it's, yeah. It's yeah. actually crazy because last year, like it was like almost nothing, right? So, like I don't know how this happened or you know, what happened, but Commander, uh, was, was just nuts this weekend. And so many people with sweet Commander decks. Yeah. So many people with really expensive Commander decks. 
you know, we saw decks that were like fully altered. Uh, you played with someone with the the whole Mad Max deck. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. That was that was really cool. I I played against somebody that had a, a snake EDH deck, and everything had like altars of like snakes onto them. Wow. And they were telling me how like every month they send an- another card to the artist to slowly and but surely snake out their entire deck. <laughs> and I I thought that was great. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, I got we got uh we met a fan who made t shirts for all of us. That yeah. was super yep. sweet. I got a, a blood moon shirt. What did you I got a demon shirt, naturally. What was, uh, what was your shirt, Richard? Abson. Abson oh. restored. Nice. Uh we 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 got like tokens people made for us. We signed like a million things. So many signings. So many signings. Lots of uh, selfies and pictures and so many just like really cool people. I think and it yeah. was also I was wondering because like last year this was the first time we ever did like the big GP trip. So I figured like a lot of people want to meet us because we never done it before. So this year I was wondering like uh, like will those people still want to meet us as the same crowd? And there were so many new faces like definitely people that I've seen before but so many new people. So yeah it was super super cool. You did run into your uh, twin. Also, yes, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, apparently Where, there was someone being mistaken uh, for me. Yeah, we posted on Twitter. It was funny. So we we saw a person that looked just like Tomer. <laughs> yeah, we're like, there's a Tomer <laughs> doppelganger here, <laughs> and, then, and then we saw the Seth doppelganger. <laughs> there could just be like <laughs> a, a generic. Man. I'm just kidding. There's like a there's like just a clone, right? Like we're, everything was just the Spider Man meme, like the one where they're both pointing at each other. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> what what were your favorite moments? I had I had many memorable magic moments uh, here before Seth came. I played some Oathbreaker with Krim. <laughs> he he Narset wheeled me. And then I proceeded to Grand Abolisher Cataclysm him <laughs> after this to kill him. Narset Wheel, you drew the one card. I think the one card you I said drew was a cat- like, I drew a Cataclysm. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, he's probably got Counterspells. And then I drew the Grand Abolisher. <laughs> but I only had one Counterspell, so I had to counter the Abolisher in fear of, of like, and hoping that just Richard doesn't have Cataclysm. And, and, and if he did, like, you know, he wouldn't cast it. And then we played, uh, we played Commander at the Commander Party. Yeah, the they Commander Party us, was wild. Yeah, so the all these players packed in, uh, playing with the pre-19, or the C-19 pre-cons, but we decided to play our decks for some reason. We played with, uh, who's it, Johnny? <laughs> I think, like, MTG Lexicon, I believe. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. But he had, like, this really sweet Grixis and Taxes. Yeah. Deck. Painful quandary. Seth was playing Brago. <laughs> Krim was playing Animar. Yes. And I played my Saltai Precon and proceeded to win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Though you did win and you have the W in that goal, I will let you know it was Sire of Sanity dunking on Guys, all of us. I did so much work that game because you were taking my the dude that manifests from every Snape. Yeah. yeah. And it was going around the entire table. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't know Krim, how. You need to upgrade your morph deck. I have a pretty sweet deck that you can take some cards from to upgrade your Animar deck. Uh, I got to I got to play the Modern Madness event, which was really fun. I got to meet some cool people. But in the first round, uh, it was on coverage. So the feature match, they had uh, Dana Fisher come in and a uh, well-known elf master because I had the elf deck. So yeah. that was really cool. She did an amazing job on coverage, and that was a really fun one. Also played like a... I don't even know, like three hour commander game. We sat down to play, and my deck, I was playing Brago. My opponent's deck, they had like Kiker Storm that can win on like turn three, some like Joyra artifact combo deck that can win on turn three. But uh, the people, they didn't really want to kill me, so I kept being like, eh, I think I might be able to combo, but I'm not going to try. So we ended up going like three hours before the game actually ended, and uh, so that was super fun just to get to hang out with people and do that. Um, I think for me, my favorite thing might have been just actually just hanging out in the command zone and just playing commander. I think I played commander for probably like 48 hours straight. And like the best part was at the end of the day when I got home, I still wanted to play more magic. So, uh, oh, oh my God. 
it's like you know we, we go through a long day i wake up it's like seven in the morning and for some reason seth is awake and he's like playing <laughs> arena and i'm like dude we just played like 80 years of magic and he's like but i got i gotta grind i gotta yeah. grind Gotta, gotta get those levels. Gotta complete the mastery fast. <laughs> I need that, those exquisite sleeves. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. I mean, even even after all that magic, I still went back to the command zone, uh, and just like it was cool, just like meeting all, all all the supporters and just seeing everyone's sweet new decks and stuff like that. And I was surprised. I I think my I, I, one of one of the things that happened at this magic fest was that that I thought was humorous was uh, everyone thinks like you know the the game nights crew and all that like the, like everyone kind of rates their deck right like through a number scale and you would I would you know I'd get in my pod sit down and we'd be like oh one of the people people we played with was like I think my deck's around like a five or something like that and they just like Voltroned us out immediately and then we lost and got obliterated and it's like ah what is a six like you know and like and then some people would over like like overvalue their deck and they'd be like I think my deck's a nine and, and whatnot but. Outside of that, I got to play with my Dracoseth deck, probably better known as the Maw of Flames, uh, and it did work. Turns out taking out uh, taking a bunch of extra combat steps and damage doubling is pretty fun. Krim was like, my deck's a five, guys. Don't I, worry. You're here. We're here to have yes. fun times. Let me cast this, double my mana, double the damage, take extra combat. Oh, you're all dead. Good game, guys. Good game. <laughs> with that person that was... Uh, Pretty much incorrectly grading their deck was me. <laughs> <laughs> I I played against uh, one one fan who uh, their goal was just to blow my panharmonicons. They didn't actually care about winning, but, but they must have known how much I love panharmonicon and thought it was funny. So I just would like tutor for anything. You kill panharmonicon, I get it back. They do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So that, that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I played a lot of Jund this weekend. 2013 Jund. So yeah, <laughs> so I, I didn't update my list. I was like, oh, I should update Jund for Magic Fest Vegas. And I'm like, what do I need? Okay, a four Ren and Sixes, three Season Pyromancers, four Ley Lines. Okay, that's like $800 or something. I think it's like $500. I'm like, okay, no. So we played Old School Jund. And actually my favorite matchup was... Uh, so I played uh, another Jund player with the new Jund list. I'm like, I need to play you. <laughs> right? We knew right. each other. Uh, so Jun mirrors are awesome. Ren and Six sucks in the Jun mirror. Yes, Krim. Yes, I think Jun. I think Ren and Six is overrated. But the funnest thing was, I feel so bad for him though, uh, because I, I I played a fan. Um, I think it was uh, Kashat. I'm just butchering everyone's name. <laughs> but he was like, okay, Hogak. I was playing Hogak. Hogak's gonna get banned. Let me swap my deck out for Dredge. <laughs> Uh, so he swapped out and he was practicing dredge. And then he's like, oh, and then my normal deck is Tron. I'm like, this degenerates. So he, want, he wanted to play Jun, but he could never play Jun because it's so expensive. So we swapped decks and I got to play Tron and I got to play dredge and I had the time of my life. Uh oh. Like, do you, do you uh -oh. understand? He was like, he was like, okay, Thoughtseize, uh, Tarmogoyf, uh, okay, Liliana, okay, and then like, Bloodbraid Elf attack, and I was like, oh my god, this is so scary. And I'm like, JK, lol, Tron, Oblivion Stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's it, how it usually goes. And then I was playing Dredge, and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing over there, but I'm like, just slapping Amalgams and Narc. I don't even know what I'm doing. The funny thing is, he had a blinged out Tron deck, so all his Tron lands were foreign and different Beautiful. art. Beautiful. So I'm like, is this Tron? <laughs> like, is this a power plant? <laughs> like, I can't really tell. But it was hilarious playing on the other side because, like, I know how it goes, right? And I, he was like, oh, I felt like it was in the game and we went 20 turns. And I'm like, yeah, 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 you sweet, sweet child. <laughs> this is what happens with yep. Judd, right? You always think you're on the cusp of winning, <laughs> but it never works. And, yeah, you know, I, like, double thrag tussed him and ulamogged him and, uh, you know, sanctum, get him one coil. And then he's like... Kill the worm coil, Maelstrom Pulse this, and I'm like, okay, and then I do another worm coil. It was like, it, it was fun, and maybe I'll play Tron. <laughs> Richard turning to the dark side, yeah. It was Tron. so degenerate, oh. like, oh. it just doesn't matter what the other deck does, right? That's why I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so degenerate, I, I love it. So, so yeah, any other GP Vegas stories or thoughts before we wrap things up? For All the creators we met? 
We saw Vince in real life. Yeah. It turns out he photoshops his beard. Yeah. yeah. So it was not as good as I thought. It, it my my beard was just like agreed upon that. It was the best. Like I, I met many of you and you all said it to me and I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think you were kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, my beard was just the most superior. So thank you for everyone listening and acknowledging. Yeah, I met so many content creators. Yeah, Vince, so many, uh, I can't remember all the names, so many commander content creators yep. uh, that I had heard of before. Uh, I, I got to learn craps with, with, with Josh. Oh, do you want to uh, and Jimmy. give our audience at home a lesson on how to manage, yeah. manage, uh, manage your let's account just, Let's go with this. <laughs> if you're ahead and you're on a hot streak, Actually, just stop. <laughs> Actually, just stop. I left. I what could have been way more, like way more in the positive. I decided to leave with only five dollars <laughs> positive. So leaving with plus five, still a winner in my book, despite how it sounds. Still a winner in my book. But yes, thank you for teaching me craps. And now I have a new thing to do <laughs> in Vegas. Uh, anyway, uh, are we doing fish mail today, or we, Richard? Are we going to hold off till next week? We're going long. Maybe we'll go next week, but you know, fish mail will just be like, yeah, Hogax gone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stoneforge Mystic. Do we think it'll be good? We talked about that, so yeah. we, we'll cover fish mail next week. Well, send in your questions. Uh, hashtag um, MTG Fish Mail on Twitter, and uh, we'd love to answer your questions next week. So, anyway, I think that brings us to the end of episode. 239 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for coming to Vegas. This was a blast. It was super fun to hang out with you and super fun to like meet so many fans, uh, all of you that came to see us and get stuff signed or just hang out and play Commander. So, thanks to you. Thanks uh, for if the we gifts. didn't catch you this time, yes, the gifts, the t shirts, the tokens, all that stuff. And uh, if we didn't happen to catch you, uh, apologies, and we'll catch you next time. There's just so much running around and so much going on. So if we missed you, apologies for that. So, yeah, thanks for coming to see us. And on that note, I think this is the crew signing out from Vegas. We'll be back next week to uh, talk about whatever else is going on in the magic world. So until then, see ya. See ya.